and an an, an interesting week. Uh, or sorry, a set of results uh, in the FA Cup. Now we'll ask him, of course, about the uh, two Man- Manchester sides. One was good, and one was terrible. Um, but Watford two one against Crystal Palace. That was a decent result, wasn't it, for Watford? Yeah, yeah, uh, fantastic for them. Crystal Palace have obviously perhaps looking over their shoulder in the Premier League and wanting to make sure that they're they're still there next season. Um, but Watford look like they I mean they, they've been very good this season at home they've caused problems they went through patches throughout um, but I, I couldn't see anything other than um, than a Watford win there it, yeah I know you did say that at the time it was going to be tough for, for Palace to get out and out of it uh, that other game Millwall at home again, uh, against um, at the New Den against Brighton now Brighton won that on penalties 5-4 after 2-2 draw uh, in, in normal time but the most amusing thing for me, and really amusing, was the uh, message sent out to Millwall fans: "Please, we're on national television. Don't disgrace the club. No racist chance. No homophobic chance. Please behave." Should a goddamn club be doing that? I mean, come on. That's it's like now the, the 21st century. Should Millwall fans need to be told, "Don't act like gobshines uh, uh, in the stadium and disgrace the club"? Well, clearly, yes. Um, it, it hadn't stopped them before when they were on uh, when they were on TV. Obviously, um, there's a lot. Of, I, mean, I mean, Millwall probably their their PR commercial department probably look at this every season. And say, oh God, how can I sell this? <laughs> like, you know, how can we how can we expand to the minorities? There's a big, big Pakistani community here in Bermondsey. How can we get them to come to the ground? Yeah, you know, but bust them in in like you know armored cars and tanks and guns. I mean, okay, that's, that's not Alan Partridge, right, right. But anyway, I mean, it was terrible, right? We're going to go out to our man Siberia right now, Mr. Andrew Flint of Royal Dog Football. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. How are you, fellas? Good. Listen, I know it's it's a, it's a Sunday evening. We're like we're talking to you. Um, Manchester City had a great win, a rock'em sock'em win against Swansea City, three two. Was very very good for for City, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was um, very good because certain decisions uh, went their way, should we say. Um, no bias at all, but I'm sure you understand of course, my yeah. opinion there. But <laughs> and of course, um, I mean, on the other side of the, uh, the let's say, the non-City side of Manchester, uh, a, a tough one against um, Wolves. It, it was really because it was, it was a strange one because we had all of our first-choice players back and Herrera was playing again, Pogba was playing... Um, and actually, strangely, I think away to PSG when Fred played one of his few games a season and Scott McTominay played, we actually looked better as, a, as an overall unit. So I think, bizarrely, Solskjaer's challenge is to reintegrate the, the genuine first-choice players to still play the same way. But Wolves, to be fair, were, were absolutely fantastic and their front three were, uh, were fairly devastating. So the best team won on the day. Okay, I mean, that now has... I mean, you'd really... You'd have thought that United would want to go in and win the FA Cup because they're not going to win... Okay, the Champions League is still there for them, but uh, and as I said way, way back, I did think that they could do well in the Champions League and it looks like they're proving it. However, you'd still want a bit of silverware uh, at the end of the season and the FA Cup was one of the like real, real nailed-down opportunities for them to get there, wasn't it? It was. I have to admit, I was... Very, very disappointed um, about that because, well, like you say, it's it's where it does matter. I'm not one of those people who is obsessed with measuring success purely in amount of silverware in the short term because the revitalised team is far more important in the long run. 
uh, and Solskjaer has done a great job with that. So even if we don't win anything, then it, uh, a huge corner has been turned. But it would have been a real justification for giving him a long-term contract, which I still think will happen. Um, but it, it is a massive missed opportunity, definitely. Okay. Uh, the other games, of course, there with okay, what we were discussed, but that one, uh, Brighton's win away against Millwall. Um, you know, you're looking at Brighton that are going to be safe, of course, in the Premier Premier League for another season, most likely. Um, and you've got a coach there who was severely underrated by the Newcastle United manager, uh, of course, mm. right Chris Hutton, the ex-Irish international. Um, I mean, surely this man should be moving up to a, a, a better club, shouldn't he? I, I completely agree. I think it's um, it is quite bizarre how he was treated at Newcastle. Uh, admittedly, um, Raf Minutes is doing a, a very good job with what he's got at the moment. But um, I mean, with Brighton, to be fair, they they've not they've not gone overboard with their signings. They they have made a they have spent a bit for that at the table, but not. Not more than those around them, certainly not as much as Crystal Palace, for example. Um, so, yeah, he, deserve, he deserves a shot. Um, you know, a mid-table club with, with his ideas could could go a long way, but I've got a funny feeling he'll stay because, like you mentioned, them being safe, you'd imagine safe for this season. Um, I think he might just think, you know what, I'll just keep going here because I'm trusted at least. Well, that is, you know that is a very very fair point. Um, listen, would you, before we we've got a number of topics to discuss, and of course we're giving you two slots this week rather than just the usual one. So, um, what one issue that that we will discuss a bit later is about Declan Rice uh, and his kind of mess up, um, but also about this the the England team. Now we're we were discussing about the, the European qualifiers. Uh, they're in, you know, a decent enough group, a, a group that is not easy by any manner of means against Bulgaria, who probably would be the, the softest team, I think, in the group. Uh, Czech Republic, Montenegro and Kosovo. Now, if you look, if you look ahead at what they're going to have to face, um, that, that, uh, the away game, uh, tomorrow night in uh, Montenegro and Pogorica, that's, it's, it's, it's tough for this young English team, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, I'm reluctant to give my genuine thoughts here because I'm so used to England more or less strolling through relatively comfortable qualification groups for the last, the last decade or so. Um, the young England team at the moment is, is a genuinely exciting prospect. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to see how Mr. Rice does when he comes into the side. And I actually expect <laughs> to get some, uh, some game time. If he comes actually, into this, yeah, yeah. If, if, if he's... A lot of a lot of people have mentioned it. You know, it's not it's not just the the whole story around the, the controversy around him. But um, I actually do think, on a playing sense, he offers something that England haven't really had for a while. Eric Dyer, as a defensive midfielder, is is solid, but he doesn't have the pace of his passing. And I think Declan Rice could could actually offer that. So, um, but they're all getting game time. That's the thing. It's not just them being thrust in because oh, we've heard a few bright stories about them at youth level. These young players are all playing with a lot of experience. Even Jaden Sancho at 18 is playing regularly in the Bundesliga. So I, I'm reasonably confident um, about about the group, um, not just because of past qualification experiences, but because these youngsters are, are actually experienced youngsters. Okay, that is fair enough. Um, okay, now, talking about the English team, of course, we had to bring up Declan Rice. Uh, just a couple of days ago, we had the Guardian splashing their usual blurb over how tough he's had it, like Declan Rice is this player, of course, who played for Ireland, uh, and and so on, and the same way how great he is, and he's survived these put-downs by Slavin Bilic and so on and so forth. 
And then all of a sudden, this up the ra comment on an Instagram post and that he's been forced to apologise for, as, his, as the Daily Mail put it, his historic pro-IRA comments, because the RA is a short for IRA, the Irish Republican Army. Um, so, you know, it's... It, where has this come from? Do we know where this has come from? Because it looks like I'm either like a disgruntled Irish journalist kind of giving two fingers to Declan Rice rather than a punch in the back of the head like Jack Grealish got. Um, or, it, and he's laughing every time, uh, or it's, it's, it's this like, I don't know, the, the usual tripe that comes out um, you know, from, from the English gutter press, which is basically mostly media from the Guardian to the Mail to the Sun. Where has this come from, Andrew? Well, I mean, as far as I understand, these comments were made um, four years ago, three or four years ago, um, and it, it, this is the this is the world we live in nowadays. It's journalism has now a part of journalism, and an increase, worryingly, and increasingly part of journalism is crawl through old social media posts and find any possible um, interpretation of comments, or you know, comments that could be very ill-advised. But you've got to remember. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not siding one way or another with comments that have been made by players in the past. But when you're 15 years old, 16 years old, um, you don't make the same level of decisions, shall we say, that you would when you're 20, when you're 25. Um, but that—that's what journalism is nowadays. If those journalists themselves, um, if we trawled through their social media posts from when they were 15, I'm sure you'll see hilarious comments that could easily be construed as misogynistic, as racist. As, there's, there's always a way to twist, basically what I'm saying. There's always a way to find or twist or dig up skeletons from someone's closet. Exactly. Um, and look, it, I mean, it just, it's it, like if you look at it, even from when they started bringing up, like I'm just looking at a screenshot here, 181 mm. weeks ago, so 181 weeks ago, so let's, we, we know it's like over three years ago, um, and it was after a result, and so it's Decker's 10, so it's on uh, Twitter, uh, so of course Decker's 10 mm -hmm. is Declan Roy's number 10, hashtag up the ra, okay, and then a few minutes later he posts up, my brother, bro brother of course, he can't spell of course, uh, <laughs> that's a good comprehensive education, um, uh, love heart, up the ra, then uh, a shamrock, a green heart, wait till we draw England, and then a little devil. You know, so I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, what, like, it, this is insane that they're going through this. And okay, fair enough. When he's a young fella, he was enjoying playing for Ireland. He felt it was great. He's mm. getting international football and so on. His, his grandparents, you know, from, from Cork. But last week, of course, he said, uh, as you can hear, I am English. I am from England. It was really good playing for Ireland. Now I'm just really looking forward to the future. Cause he was like, um, you know, it, it was one of his his dream was mm. his childhood dreams to play for England. So it's just <sighs> difficult. So you know, and again, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you completely. I know, Andy. Like Andy, if you were fifteen, sixteen, would you have been posting up like I love England? You did have an England shirt, didn't you? Um, I actually won one. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I think <laughs> I think we were um, we, we were at a car dealership, and you know, sometimes you get those things where you have to shoot the ball through the holes. Uh, and it turned out the prize was an England shirt, and I think sure, I it's turned a car it down. Not like a motorway <laughs> toilet, no. <laughs> I don't know where you spend your time shooting <laughs> footballs, <laughs> but there's a different name of those holes. But anyway, go on. certainly in my time, the little chef didn't have those facilities. Oh well, we were there in all our glory. Um, <laughs> enough about those things. So yeah, so but so you won an English football shirt. Basically, that's the it, that's the crux of it. But I did turn it down. 
<laughs> I still don't. There's some question about this, like you know. <laughs> I think it was right before Euro '96, so it was probably a wise decision that I did. <laughs> Okay, right. Well, um, okay. So we're, because there was a lot of this going on in English media this past week, because this came out just after, of course, Alan Partridge, the uh, the fictional uh, creation by uh, Steve Coogan, uh, was on his own show called This Time. Alan Partridge, Alan Partridge was a comedy person. Um, Steve Coogan is a comedian, a writer, and he sang a kind of a, a very much a Republican Irish song. Uh, well. Well, supposedly live on air, but like to uh, the BBC audience, which cracked a lot of people up. Um, is this going to be indicative of how Declan Rice is going to be treated, though? I mean, like, are, we, are we going to expect more and worse of this, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to say no, but realistically, we, we all know that, yes, it is going to dictate pretty much the entire England career. I mean, um, well, not just England, his, his, the rest of his professional career. Um, I, another thing, an element of this whole episode that I find extremely distasteful is how a lot of a lot of England fans um, are looking at Declan Rice as a genuine prospect for the England team. He could improve the team, um, and they're saying, "Ah, well, these are you know these are silly mistakes he made when he was younger." Um, I actually do agree with the ninety percent of that sentiment, but then the same people are absolutely slaughtering every single year James McLean for simply just being open with what he believes in. He's not being um, hurtful. He's not being insensitive, I don't think. No, no, no. He's he's, he's, he's saying what he thinks um, and he gets absolutely slaughtered for not wanting to... um, to wear a poppy on the shirt every year. Yeah, um, we, 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 we discussed that here in, in, in the studio, I mean, how, how that goes on and the, the amount of hypocrisy around it as well. Listen, Andrew, yeah. just stay, you know, are you going to stay in the line? We're going to go to the break right now. Uh, we're going to have a, a little bit of a surprise song for you right now. So uh, we'll be back on Capital Sports right after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words I wish I found some chords in an order that is new I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink But now I'm insecure and I care what people think Lightning's blurry face and I care what you think My name's blurry face and I care what you think Wish we could turn back Turn back time 
we would build a rocket ship and then we'd fly it far away. Used to dream of outer space, but now they're laughing at the face, saying, Wake up, you need to make money. Yeah. We used to play pretend, give each other different names. We would build a rocket ship and then we'd fly it far away. Used to dream of outer space, but now they're laughing at the face, saying, Wake up, you need to make money. Yeah. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days. When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days. When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. We used to play pretend, used to play pretend, bunny. We used to play pretend, wake up, you need the money. We used to play pretend, used to play pretend, bunny. We used to play pretend, wake up, you need the money. Play pretend, give each other different names We would build a rocket ship and then we'd fly far away Used to dream about a space, but now they're laughing at the face Saying, wake up, you need to make money DJ Talish, Dean Mild. So if you're kissing someone, why is it bad luck to kiss someone with your eyes open? Why, why do people close their eyes when they kiss? Actually? I actually keep my eyes open when I kiss. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I always keep one eye open, you know? Yeah, I don't so trust anybody. I make sure I know what's going on. I make sure they kiss at me, actually. <laughs> not They're kissing me and not somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Or that last minute somebody didn't switch, yeah. The Capital Breakfast Show. Weekdays, 7 to 11. Welcome back, listeners, to Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore. I remain Alan Moore. I haven't changed my name just yet. And Andy McLean is beside me. And on the phone all the way from two men in Siberia is Mr. Andrew Flint. OK, Andrew, before we, got, we went away that time, we were speaking about, say, the hypocrisy and so on surrounding the uh, mm. James McLean. Now, if we look, there's an, uh, something else broke out uh, in relation to the uh, women's AFL or the Australian Football League for women in Australia. And one of the players was T- Tamalyn Harris. Was T- Tamalyn Harris? Taylor uh, Harris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, just a, a quick, uh, if you can just cap it for us, what what went on over that? It was all over a, a picture that then got some really, really distasteful um, mm. comments. Yeah, I mean, basically, this is Taylor Harris, I, I'd never heard of her before, I admit, but she's a 21-year-old Oswald's forward. Um, she, there was a po- picture posted by an Australian network on their Facebook page where she's, she's just kicked out of, uh, out of her hands, and it's an extremely agile uh, position like Australian football players are. You know, her actual foot is above her head. Um, and then the comments were made in, on the Facebook page. Um, I've actually refused myself to read them because of what I've been told they are like. And she's, uh, she's, she's labelled them as, as sexual abuse because of the... It won't take a genius to work out what sort of comments they were. Um, and it's even brought in the Australian Prime Minister who's, who's called these people cowardly grubs. Um, and then... The, this is where it gets even worse for me. The Channel 7, the network, pulled the picture off their Facebook page because of the comments that were coming in, um, which personally I think makes them equally cowardly. Uh, instead of actually trying to police the comments, trying to um, remove the, the, um, the, the distasteful comments or even report them, um, it can become a police matter if it, if it becomes serious, they just remove the picture. They then put it back. They apologise for it. 
Um, I mean, this is a 21-year-old woman who's a, a sportsman um, in the Australian rules and also is a boxer. Um, she's a professional sportswoman and she's not shying away from this abuse. But it's, it's, it's a world we live in today where people feel, and when I say world, I mean the social media, the online world, where abuse like this it goes virtually unchecked. Um, so the latest to happen is that, like I say, the Australian Prime Minister's got involved and the uh, the how they're going to police it, I don't know, to be quite honest, but I think it goes deeper. Like Harris herself said, it's a societal issue, not just a sports issue. Well, that is fair enough because we, we've seen the way women's sports is treated. Now, I will, I will, I will say one thing. That when the topic like say equal pay, now of course we know uh, former co-host here, Yekaterina um, Bichkova, when we speak, we say equal pay in tennis. Uh, mm. She'd be one of the people who just laughed it off, saying that this is a it's a joke. There's no point in having equal pay because like it it, it doesn't make sense. Um, people watch women's tennis for 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 a number of different reasons and different reasons. However. Um, if we look at, say, women's football, I mean, there's been, you know, question marks over that mm -hmm. at the moment in, in England, which you'll bring up in a moment. But, you know, they don't justify, I mean, I was watching, say, women's bandy. Uh, and I mean, even though it was like there was good quality and they were playing well um, down in, in the Winter Universiade, the men's game was far more dynamic, far more technical and far more mm -hmm. exciting. And the people come in to watch it. Um, so... In terms of, say, say, you know, equal pay, I mean, mm. do women get en enough support or, or sh do they need this kind of like, you know, uh, we say in Ireland, plomazing or basically patronising uh, thing? Oh, yeah, they need to get more money, they need to do this. But mm -hmm. the crowds are not turning out to, to watch them. And especially women are not coming in to watch women play. Well, I, I think that the important thing to separate here is that there are some people who... I, I agree largely, basically, with what you're saying. I, I think a lot of people blindly, rigidly um, storm ahead and say it must be exactly equal pay without actually considering what it is they're being paid for. And I, I think there is a huge difference that still needs to be made up between what women are paid for in a lot of sports anyway and what they should be paid. But, I mean, on a on some levels, it's not even necessarily, in my view, the overall quality of the sport. It's sometimes even just the length of the sport. The women's tennis matches, quite often, because of the disparity between the top 10 players and, and most of the rest, are often very short. I mean, the amount of entertainment being provided, I mean, it is a product in one sense, and um, when we're talking about pay, it, it, there is less. Um, that's a, that's a good point, and this is exactly what every tennis player I've ever met, female tennis player who I've ever met or worked with has said the same mm. thing. We play shorter matches, there is a big disparity, and as I, at every single player I've worked with, and most of them will say, people come along to watch, if there's a good looking girl, they come to, along to watch that. It is this kind of like voyeurism overall, and, and you know, we, 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 as, as, and it's also women push this agenda as well. Because, you know, uh, they, they'll say, oh, like, you know, so-and-so is really good-looking, she's a role model. It's like, okay, well, we had one of our colleagues who said it was like Serena Williams, a feminist role model, and she had quite a short and swift answer for that. However, um, you know, it, it's, it, it is very, very unfair, but it is kind of society. It's the society we live in. Well, I, I think um, I think that there should be a distinction between um, just blindly pushing ahead for... Um, I don't want to use the word likely, but 
I always worry there's an element of tokenism about it. If you're a woman and you are playing at the top of your game and you're a top professional, you've worked hard and trained just like a man has in his profession, and then you are paid exactly the same as a man because of your of your sex rather than of what you've earned, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel as if you'd you'd earned it. I would I'm I'm fairly certain a lot of female sports stars would say the same. You want to earn what you deserve within the context of your sport, not relative to men's sport, because you're not competing with men. They, um, I, Andrew, you're bang, you, listen, that, that is talking sense. That is talking absolute sense. And I know even Andy's not, not in his head behind, beside me. Behind me. Uh, that sounds very, very <laughs> odd, talking about these uh, motorway uh, ex, ex, escapades. Right. Um, now, we're going to move away from women's sport and back on to domestic sport here, the Russian Premier League. Round of matches last weekend. Uh, Dino Moscow lost away on the Kazakh border against Orenburg. Um, Lokomotiv won 1 0 at home against Krasnodar. Andy and I, of course, were covering that match. Tiskal won away in Yekaterinburg at your neck of the woods, 1 0 against Ural. And Spartak drew 1 1 against Zenit. So it's sort of a, it's kind of like kissing your sister for Spartak and Zenit. Like, you know, you're kissing a woman, but you're getting no pleasure out of it. Well, at least unless you're from <laughs> Wales. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> we're, we're banned from Wales now. Uh, so um, for our West, Welsh listeners, I'm really, really sorry. Let's just trained at the Cornwall you know right um, that, that, that was the week that was coming up though um, a big uh, next weekend of course is a big big Moscow Derby Dinamo against Lokomotiv uh, Spartak are away in Grozny play Ahmad that's on Saturday so the first game of course kicks off 2 o'clock and the second at 4.30 finally Siska uh, are home against Ufa on Sunday at 4.30 um, Andy just look at those games Dinamo against Lokomotiv that's like that could be anything, couldn't it? That could that could be a, a a draw or a win for either side. I mean, it's completely open. Yeah, having watched that game, um, as, as you mentioned, we were watching the the Krasnodar game. I, I thought Lokomotiv were a bit disappointing. Perhaps got lucky with the penalty. Um, Krasnodar then went down to ten and lost all sort of momentum. That Lokomotiv, yeah, it really depends. It, uh, they're like the French rugby side. It depends what week it is and who turns out and who performs on the day. Dynamo are, are very similar, but normally it's the whole team as opposed to a few individuals. True. This, uh, Andrew, you were covering that game, the Oral against Cisco uh, game. Where Cisco, where where they where they value for money for that win? Uh, yeah, just about. I mean, they they have. It was more um, one very very poor moment of a lapse of concentration from from Petrus Bramall, and you've got one of the tallest players on the pitch to to head home. It was really really simple as that for me. I mean. Odal's pitch is cutting up quite badly at the moment, so a lot of teams come having to readjust the, their style of play, and we know that Tiscar have a lot of youngsters who are very, very comfortable on the ball, um, playing it along the ground, um, and they weren't able to, to do that quite as well. Uh, but the other side of it is that bigger teams know that Odal have next to no presence up front. Um, uh, when Panyakov comes on, he adds a little bit of spark for half an hour in games occasionally. Um, Pavel Pogrebniak is, is getting on. Um, he doesn't have the pace, only a physical presence at best. Um, so it, this game was relatively similar, to be honest with you. Um, Odal have still not managed to keep a clean sheet at, uh, at all in the league this season. That is um, terrible. It's, it's, it's an utterly shocking, shocking record when you consider Yenisei Krasnoyarsk are in the league. Um, yeah, exactly. But that's it. You know, okay. they, no, it's, it's, yeah. 
Okay. Listen, we're, 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 we're running out of time for this uh, segment. However, I do want to bring up uh, or have a little bit of a, a quiz between you gentlemen, okay? I'm going to pick your brains, okay? So, uh, because of course, P- Peter will be in, he'll be in for the last segment, so he has something else to talk to us about this. Uh, let's just say who we're going to punish. Um, okay, first do, question do for. Do we get 1500 rubles for Katie's, uh, Katie O'Shea's? Yeah, we, we, I'll, I'll sort that out for you, don't worry. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. 1500 rubles, can I have that for Big Apple Pub in Juman if I win? No, sorry, it's only Katie O'Shea's. You have to be there, <laughs> you have to be here tomorrow to claim it. Right. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's invalid after the 1st of uh, April. Right. First question across to you, Andrew. So, which. Do WWE. Oh, Andrew, you're Andy. He's Andrew. Okay. Sorry. So, which WWE women's wrestler is known as the Man? Oh, my wrestling knowledge goes back to 1992, and not long after. So, I'm afraid I don't know the answer to this one. Andy, do you have it? Um, I'm I'm going to take a guess at the most manly woman I can think of. It was China. No, <laughs> who's dead now? But no, not her. Lori, 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 Joni, Lori, Joni, Lori. Yeah, she's dead. No, she's dead. It's actually Becky Lynch. There you go. Okay. Um, all right. Now, Andy, one for you. When was the last time Russia played in the World Basketball Championships? And uh, we brought this up with Alec Peter, so you should remember this. Um. Oh God. I'm gonna say 2015. No. Do you want to have a, a guess, Andrew? Oh, I'm going to have to go... No, I'm afraid I don't know. Oh, God, I'm doing very badly on quizzes this week. I did another one last week and I was awful in that too. I don't know, I'm afraid. You don't know? Okay. So, Jesus, guys, you're getting nothing so far. Okay. It was, it was 2010. Right. Christ almighty. This, I, was, I was doing these because I know the answers, right? Um, all right. Okay, Andrew, for you. Who is the only women's tennis player to have won the Golden Grand Slam and I'll give you an extra bonus point for what year she won then. the Golden Grand Slam oh well it's, it's very very hard not to not to say Serena Williams but I'm wondering whether this is a trick question or not um, no 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 not tri- have, very straight up I, I'm going to have to say Serena Williams then um, and I'll take a stab in the dark 2016 nope Andy um I'm, I'm, I think Steffi Graf did what was considered to be the Golden Grand Slam, but exactly. Serena Williams did it in 2004. No. No? No, no. Did she not get a go- Oh, was that Venus Williams that won gold at the Olympics that yeah. year? Yeah. It was a Grand Slam 1988. So it was she Steffi Graf. It was Steffi Graf indeed. Guys, <laughs> almighty. Guys, guys, okay. Let me down so badly. All right, we'll come to the last couple of questions. Please, someone get a point. Andrew, you had to get this one. How many clubs play in the Russian Premier League? Oh, phew. 16. <laughs> oh, come on. Are you sure? <laughs> Double I'm check. I'm No, you're no, correct. No, you're correct. There are 16 teams because Makashkala are still in business. As we know, as we speak tonight, they're still in business. Right. And finally, <laughs> Jesus, at least got one point. Right. Andy, what's the nickname of West Bromwich Albion FC? Oh, you've... They had to get um, home for Christ's sake. Yeah, it's the uh, the boing boing baggy baggies, aren't they? No, it's the baggies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you got that one right. <laughs> all right, so all right, you got that one. So, so it's a one-one draw. Listen, we're gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give a question out to um yeah just to 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 to, to wrap it all up. Okay, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Okay. Are we on the buzzer? Yes. Uh, which national team? Which national team did Yuri Simin Simin coach? Which was the national team that Yuri Shulman coached? Oh. And it was, I should say it was an Olympic team as well. 
Um, do, 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 do. I'm going to go. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Soviet Union. No. Uh, I want to say. I want to say Kyrgyzstan, but I know it's not. No, it's not Kyrgyzstan. Uh, well, I, well, I put you in misery. Pardon? Is it Saudi Arabia? New Zealand. No. New Zealand, of course. Yeah. <laughs> New Zealand. Oh. Right, you're both, both losers. <laughs> right, I'm going to call it a draw. I'm just like, I'm going to put this boat out of your mercy. And that's okay. It's a pity ruling I've just given you, you know. Right, so <laughs> for that, uh, we're going to go out to the break. We'll say goodbye to Andy uh, or Andrew for, for this week. We're going to go out to the break with Andrew. Thank you very much for your time, Stephen. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, we're going to go out with a World Cup song. It's Natalia Herrera with United by Love. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Welcome back, folks. It's the last part of Capital Sports for this week. 
our new historic show with two hours every Sunday night between 9 and 11. So the best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sport. Okay, joining us, thankfully, thankfully in the studio he's joined us is Mr. Peter P. Peter, you ran all the way here. I did. I know, and fair play to you. I'm, 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 I, I, I think like... Uh Five to four cars splash me on the way because it's raining outside. Oh no no no! It's just running on. That's you don't need water that. To left. Right, right, just, yeah. <laughs> See, it's like some like I don't know uh, what you call it. Well, not not what's the little fella that was like in the computer game. Oh, no, no, the little one, the little uh, hedgehog. Ah, oh, Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, Sonic. Yeah, Sonic, sorry. Holy <laughs> Why am I thinking Peter's like Sonic the Hedgehog running, like, you know? Except he's about, like, you know, 15 times taller than him. Like, <laughs> okay, or at least 15 times. Anyway, uh, Sonic could be quite tall, actually, probably. I don't know, he's a, he's a computer game. Big person. feet. Yeah, big feet. Big, yeah. <laughs> big feet, yeah. Means big shoes. Right. Um, okay, so. This is the final part of our show, and we will, next week we're going to have some really, really cool music for this because we're, we, we've Peter, Peter, and Alex, of course, as well. But Peter uh, told me at the uh, Locomotive game last week we have a great idea for a segment. Can we try it? And I was like, Oh, good God, what is this about? Because we had like, like Wales, um, yeah, <laughs> Wales. Yeah. Please don't Welsh get us taken out the air, exactly. And uh, we've Andy and his glory holes and the whole lot, and we kind of going to go. What else is going to go on? You, you missed a lot of action here today uh, in the studio. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Not as much action as he had on the motorways of uh, firing my balls through holes in the motorway. Yeah. <laughs> right, enough of that. Car dealership. Car dealership. <laughs> it was a yeah. Your parents would be so proud of you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what is the name of this segment? So, Alex came up with a name and it's called Capital Punishment because right. Capital is the yeah, name capital of the radio. Okay, so yeah, well, that, that, that's our show, that's our radio station. So, Capital Punishment. Okay. So, the idea behind Capital Punishment, I'll put it in 10 words or less, is that we are going to punish the biggest idiots of this past week in the world of sport. Now, as we know, we've said this before when we had about Pogba, which got a lot of reaction from even from, well, not from Paul Pogba himself, some people uh, around him, that um, <clears throat> there are lots of idiots in the world of sport, a lot of people who really deserve a good kick in the backside. Um, uh, Declan Rice, well, I'll bring it up in just a second because I played a bit of this uh, Alan Partridge uh, interview. But Declan Rice, of course, he deserves a bit of a kick in. But first, you have Alex McLeish. Yeah. Okay, why? Um, Why'd you nominate him? Because Scotland, I think it's the first time Scotland have ever lost to a country ending in Stan in a, in, in, in a, uh, a non-friendly game of football. Um, probably the second most embarrassing thing I've ever seen come out of Kazakhstan apart from Borat. Um, and just to top it off, Scotland, to put this in perspective, were 2-0 down after nine minutes against Kazakhstan who have only won four uh, professional non-friendly games in international football before last night are you serious? Uh, sorry before Thursday night and Alex McLeish in the interview afterwards said we made a good start <sighs> depends on what the start <laughs> is right um, okay that's, that, that's okay so, yeah my, it, my capital punishment idiot of the week Alex is, uh, is Alex McLeish okay now I'm, I'm going to Personally, I'll nominate. Now, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll let Peter go last because he he said he has a really, really good one and it might make me cry. Um, I'm going to nominate Declan Rice for simply, you know, changing his tune so many times that 
he deserves a good kick in the backside himself. I mean, I, I, it, it, I think it's unfortunate. Are you kicking 16-year-old Declan Rice or 20-year-old? I'm 20-year-old okay, Declan just Rice. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. I'm kicking 20-year-old Declan Rice. Because I would have, like, we mentioned Alan Partridge earlier on. So this is the clip from the show that was on Monday night, and it was quite funny. So basically, it's segue from a lovely romantic song called When You Were Sweet 16. And again, this like goes back to, like, it's like, you know, um, I, you know, I loved you as I loved you when you were sweet 16. It's not a, a dodgy song. It's like a very beautiful <laughs> song. It's like a, 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 an old gentleman to his uh, elderly wife, telling that he loves her. Um, and it segued then into some Republican songs and it ended up with uh, Alan Partridge or, this, like, or his other character, um, who's an Alan Partridge impersonator, uh, telling a, a, a James Bond impersonator <laughs> that he's a something, something, double O, whatever. Um, and then, of course, Alan Partridge himself saying that this is like an advert for the IRA. So, okay, so here we go. This is something I think you'll get a bit of a laugh out, so just listen nice and carefully to this. Okay, so that was the Alan Partridge bit that aired on BBC television. And okay, I'm nominating I'm nominating Declan Rice. Okay, so that's that right, Declan Rice. Peter, who have you got to nominate? All right, it's a long way coming. I, I had a little bit. I had a little bit of uh, actually a massive gr- grudge against them because they were constantly letting me down during the Six Nations. Right. So, Team Ireland. All right. <laughs> I so <laughs> I do say I, team Italy, team Italy. <laughs> well, no, uh, Ar- no, yeah. Ireland, Ireland, Ireland were a disgrace. Okay, why, why Ireland? No, because there was like a lot of promises that they just didn't keep, and like I honestly, f- like I expected more out of them. Like in the, the beginning of Six Nations, I would constantly root for them, and then at some point they just like it would start back. It, it would start to backfire. I mean, like they would lose like games that I thought they could win easily. So. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're looking for Ireland. Andy, would you agree with that? Oh, well, um, obviously there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of other countries I'd probably pick before Ireland out of that six nations that let me down, but um, Ireland were very disappointing um, considering they were favourites before it started. Yeah. Okay, and I just had to say, at the end of our league table, okay, so um, bottom... Andy and Alex both on eight <laughs> points. Uh, Nikki did well; she got nine points. And joint top were us eleven. We got eleven. So yes, you can. You, wait, yeah. Are we like tied? Yeah, yeah. Top, top, top of the table. And listen, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the win. I'm going to give you a win on this because Peter, fair enough. You came in. You played a stormer. You you covered it. You and Alex covered it. So um, I'm going to give you the nomination. It's going against my own people, but uh, so the Irish rugby team. Capital punishment. Okay, so let's let's talk crap about the Irish rugby team for a little while. Um, personally speaking, uh, rugby in Ireland, okay, like rugby in Ireland is a very very small sport. It's not a huge sport. They keep having like a, a team of one and so on, but not that many people play it. Very very few people follow it. Ireland is more GAA. It's like Gaelic football and hurling, and 
soccer or football association football so that's that's where our allegiances lie boxing would always have more following than rugby okay rugby in Ireland is very much a class game no matter what people say so you play it in the private schools mainly um, and it's you know the clubs are this kind of like especially Dublin and many other provinces or areas as well are kind of elitist and snobbish and even the coverage of it when we're talking about say uh, problems within rugby I mean they're they do take care of themselves very, very well in that, you know, they, they reduce racism and so on. It's not as bad as it will be in other sports in Ireland even. Um, but still, in terms of, like, say, with doping and so on, the questions, even when, when doping questions were raised by former Irish internationals like Neil Francis many, many years ago said, look, guys are doping, we know it. Um, and all of a sudden the IRFU, the Irish Rugby Football Union, they come out and said, ah, no, it's okay, let's let it go. And so it gets closed down because most of the editors and owners, of course, the, the one of the former owners of the, the biggest Irish newspaper, Tony O'Reilly, had played for Ireland. So, so there's this kind of, they, get, they live in this little bubble. And um, we would still see in Ireland that if you're not good enough for Gaelic football or hurling, you play rugby or soccer. So this, for, for me, I think that the hype was built up so much, as Peter said, the hype was built up around them. It's just not deserved. Um, I don't know. Am I being fair, Andy, or am I, am I ripping too hard on them? I, I certainly think the way that it was built up and the performances before the, uh, the, the Six Nations suggested that they would probably finish first or second in it. Um, and, yeah, they didn't live up to it. There was a lot of talk at the start of it about the, the, the doping issues and other issues around it. Um, generally, I think it's been a disappointing couple of months for, for Irish rugby in, in, in general, and they'll be looking to, to bounce back as quickly. Sorry to use the Alan Partridge pun there again. <laughs> Bouncing back indeed. Um, before the World Cup. But fortunately for them, they're, they're in a group against a, a Scotland in the second seed in that, in that pool um, who are also struggling. So. So you, you think that they, they, they could be. I, I think that maybe the bubble has burst, and I think that one issue that should be addressed is that the, the coach has said that he is quitting, Joe, uh, Joe Smith, that he is quitting um, after World Cup. Now, he'll probably go down and take on New Zealand or t- <clears throat> take on the New Zealand job. But at the same time, I mean, it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit of a joke shop. I mean, if, 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 if the players know he's going and they're just not playing up for him. Well, you could look at that two ways, really. You could look at that he'll want to go out with a bang and, on, and finish on a high, or you can look at it the players won't take him seriously any longer because he's not going to be there for the next, for the next yeah. year. So okay, Peter. What like what what do you think? It's it is okay. You, you've you've selected Ireland. You've you've given the the point across that they should be ripped on. But is there hope for them, or it's just basically it's going to be worse and worse and worse until they embarrass themselves again in the World Cup? No, well, there's definitely hope. I I mean, it's not like I hate them. It's just it's just it's just a grudge. Like I, they they let me down. I'm a little bit a little bit sad, but I I, I do hope they. I'll I'll definitely be rooting for them. You think in the World Cup? Uh, in the World Cup, and like I hope they bounce back. Honestly, okay, I hope so. Well, Ireland playing Russia. Who are you going to back? Uh, 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 I'm gonna just stay quiet on this one. Okay, <laughs> no, no okay. comment. No comment. Russia playing Scotland. Well, Russia. Sorry. <laughs> Discrimination <laughs> yeah. in the workplace. Eh? Exactly. Ireland playing Scotland. Uh. I'm gonna just roll the dice on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, flip a coin. You're yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, again, with with, with Ireland, I mean, you know, it, it it is an unfortunate thing that like in with with the Irish rugby team, um, a lot of players have been built up and built themselves up, um, but now there could be a change of the guard. So the guys who we had relied on, the the number nine, number ten pairing of Conor Murray and uh, Jonathan Sexton. They could be gone by the World Cup. I mean, it's only a few months away because even though last year Sexton was the best player in the world, 
this year he couldn't kick snow off a rope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really tough one. Obviously, Conor Murray didn't have a great tournament either. Um, they they struggled to click. They struggled for those magic moments that we talked about with the Stockdale almost yeah. try against Wales. It, it didn't happen enough. Whether they need wholesale change in their backs, I don't think so. I think it's probably a matter of um, getting their confidence back up and whatever other levels back up. Okay, well, that's, that's fair enough. Um Okay, we're going to segue just a, a, a little bit. Uh, well, no, actually, no. Well, let, let's let's have a look at it because one thing from Ireland to say that, like, you know, are they going to uh, go for it? Because Ireland have never been past the quarterfinal of a World Cup. Now, if they do finish top of the group, um, they'll be playing most likely South Africa because they're in the group course from Pool B. They will have a great chance to get through to a semi-final, and then we'll see what's going to happen. But uh, Peter, what do you? If we're looking ahead, right? So we're looking ahead at all the, the teams we, we we discussed earlier on. So you have got um, like you know, Ireland tipped to get out of the group as top, and then you got New Zealand tipped to get out of top as well. England top, and maybe, well, as Annie said, Wales to come out top. Um, if you're looking at this World Cup, who who do you reckon? Because you've been studying the form, you've been watching what's going on. Who would you reckon of all those of of the teams would would you tip for the World Cup right now, if it was taking place tomorrow? Uh. Uh, I honestly don't. Um, it's a hard choice, honestly. I have no idea. I might just go with. <laughs> yeah, I might just go with uh, Tonga right there. Tonga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever. Stick, stick your last hundred rubles on that. You'll be a millionaire by October. I'm telling you, you certainly, certainly will. Right. Um, there was also a major wrestling event on quite recently Wrestlemania okay and we'll give you a little chance to, to, to pick it up so okay so we've written Ireland Ireland have, have been punished capitally um, Wrestlemania was it 35 or 38 was on 35 right now 35 okay yeah. who was headlining it what was the main headline event well uh, we it's it's happening on April oh right? sorry it's happening it's, happen- it's coming up yeah. it will okay. so but like the I think the main event is Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for Universal Championship is there drug testing in WWE? I, I doubt chance? it. I doubt, I doubt it. it. Like, yeah. I don't think you, 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 you look how big these guys are. Like. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, Brock Lesnar is kind of like, he, he, you know, he's just like he's a walking apteca, you know? <laughs> it's kind of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, he's kind of like, it's like, um, you know, when you t- when you take a, a urine sample, like you, it burns through the glass. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. That, sorry, folks, that was me um, imitating uh, Brock Lesnar's urine going through a glass it's nothing that Wait, Andy was talking there, about there is another one but it's like Ronda Rousey's fighting someone for uh, the women's championship wait, the though. UFC woman yeah, 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 yeah. She, now, she now she's in wrestling. wrestling yeah, Christ, yeah. So she got, so she took a beating. Now she's going to take a false beating. I mean, I'm, the worst thing is that that girl is in bits. Like, like mentally, she's in bits. She's a good actress, by the way. Well, I no, she is. So is Lorraine yeah. Kelly, apparently. <laughs> no, okay, but <laughs> Lorraine Kelly being a presenter in uh, England or Britain, um, but no, I, she's actually a good actress. She was in the uh, Expendables and Fast and Furious too. Was she? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Fast and Furious. They but sound like uh, movies that really contain some. Top oh, the Expendables! Cutting, the Expendables um, are great. The drama and acting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I've, the Expendables two is just brilliant, especially with that. What you call him, uh, Chuck Norris? Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris comes yeah. in, <laughs> and then uh, Schwarzenegger too. Yeah, and so, Schwarzenegger. I saw an excellent tweet of Vin Diesel uh, with his beer belly hanging over a balcony on a, a, a an off-topic here that was called "Fat and Curious." Uh, 
Why are you looking for fat man on the internet? Okay, why, listen, why not? I, I hope you delete your internet browsing history before the kids go on the computer. So <laughs> you'll be banned. Okay, right. Um, okay, so Brock Lesnar and then Ronda Rousey's there as well. Yeah. Is Becky Lynch going to fight? I think not. Okay, all right. Okay, that's that's that's. I think not yet. Okay, that's going to be interesting. Okay, we're going to go away right now for the week because we've now next week we're back in again. Of course, nine to eleven on Sunday night. So you have your basically you set yourself up for the new week with us here in the studio, uh, and Peter will be here from the very start. Will I will yeah. and Alex do uh, maybe? Uh, I know <laughs> Alex, Alex. Alex is missing in action, but uh, will. Hopefully he wasn't on some motorway jaunt or something like because he's under, he's under a puddle. So as long as not in a motorway like your know, pylon or something, it's okay. Right, we're going to go away. So Andy, thank you very much. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much. Thank you because you won the well. You 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 did win our Six Nation predictions and also you won our Capital Punishment Week One. So wait a minute, that doesn't add up, does it? He won the Six Nations thing, but doesn't like Ireland because they didn't. I mean, I know. Oh, yeah. But he, yeah, well, they let him down. They let him down. Didn't break his heart. Okay, so folks, we're going away. We're going to go out on top of the world. We've got the Imagine Dragons on top of the world, and we will see you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Control. You want me more now? I let go. Nah, 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 nah. I'm over. 